the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Wednesday, January 17th, 2024. I am Seth Leibson coming to you from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio, which is brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. We have Mr. Bill. We have David Dahl. We have Miss Terry. 602-508-0960. Sometimes we're just lost. We quote that phrase around these parts sometimes, a line from Paul Newman in The Verdict. I was thinking about the state of the world and the state of America and that line as I was walking Dagny the Wonder Dog on our morning freeze. I was thinking about what it must have been like to be an adult in January of 1980. With inflation, with high interest rates, with Iran holding 52 American hostages as they trampled on and burned American flags, as the Soviet Union trammeled us and our allies in Central America, Africa, Eastern Europe, and Afghanistan. Meanwhile, then, our President Jimmy Carter would be working on a speech blaming the American people for their crisis in confidence in America when the truth was he had caused that crisis. And this was only four years after a national surge of patriotism and fervor celebrating 200 years of independence, our birthday. People may not have read these words, but the words of Harry Jaffa in 1976 resonated and must have been resonating in 1980. In 1776, the United States was, so to speak, nothing but promised to become everything. Today, 200 years later, the United States having, so to speak, become everything looks to be on the verge of becoming nothing. Here is the state of our nation right now with an even more hapless and absent president or worse presidency. This time four years ago, we were in record low unemployment. The economy was humming. Inflation was not discussed. Peace was breaking out throughout the Middle East. Iran was garrisoned and nervous about losing its bite and power. Its leading terrorist commander was removed from the face of the earth. The word COVID, if anything, probably sounded like a new electric car if it was uttered at all. Hey, you see that new electric car? The COVID might be better than a Tesla. We were irrigating forests and draining swamps. Four years later, like the four years between 1976 and 1980, the elm blight started growing. But that's too passive. It was actually foisted on us. COVID became Frankenstein's monster, rending and wrecking everything inside and nothing so much as our own clear vision. The economy was shut down, as were schools and churches. People blamed each other and cried racism if we blamed the actual culprit, the most powerful communist force on earth. They used that racism as a political cudgel. People were put in the unnatural conditions usually reserved for criminals, isolation. Store shelves emptied and stayed empty. People bartered and hoarded toilet paper and facial tissue and paper towels as if they were rarefied concert tickets or precious metals. And then an amateur unidirectional video that now, as everyone can see, captured a distorted and propagandized eight minutes 
was waged for racial exacerbations and animosities flowing out of Minneapolis, and soon race riots were upon us, and not just in Minneapolis. A newish communist organization self-described, dedicated to stoking racial fears and telling us that among their priorities was the riddance of the nuclear family structure, became a public shibboleth, an idol that had to be uttered and in front of which we were all forced to genuflect or face ridicule and sanction. In short order, we were told 1776, that which we celebrated so notably in 1976, and we're looking to doing so again two years from now, was an irrelevant date, and instead 1619 was our benchmark, so as to ensure and encrust that we were born of sin and immiseration, so as to ensure and encrust that we had nothing to be proud of here, so as to ensure and encrust that American greatness was not only a lie, but racist in and of itself to utter. Then came the urban violence, race riots, and the war against the police. Billions of dollars of damage, thousands of arrests, and untold numbers of resignations and retirements, and lowered recruiting in police and law enforcement precincts. 30 deaths. Then the rise of violent crime, including the destruction of monuments and statues, speaking to our own history. And while the president spoke about the deaths of despair in his inauguration, the drug and alcohol epidemic went into hyperdrive, increasing deaths by the tens of thousands. It was almost as if we lurched from a Pax Americana at home to a dystopian Thunderdome overnight. Of course, there was a politicized effort to all this. It was, after all, an election year and you re-elect presidents when things are going well. You toss them out when they are falling apart. And things didn't fall apart. They were knocked down and set ablaze. It may be, as Rep. Butler said, just as easy to make money tearing down a civilization as it is to build one up. But what is destroyed overnight is not so easy to rebuild. You can't just flip a switch to turn the lights back on. And what can take decades to build can be destroyed overnight just like memories, and it's hard to recapture or remind how good things were just a few years back. Such has been the devastation, whether from crime, self-abuse, the border, international relations. Now lo look at that world. Afghanistan back in the grip of the Taliban after 13 Americans were killed and what we were gaslightedly told was an extraordinary success. A border that is a free-for-all, which means really no country at all, as we are gaslightedly told, it is secure. A Russia that cares not what we say or do about their invasion of Ukraine and a plan for Ukraine nobody can articulate. An attack on Israel like never before. The game plan and execution of which belched up from the Middle Ages. With more kidnapped Americans nobody knows the name of, but if posters of their names or faces are displayed, they are torn down. Something we don't even do to missing dogs and cats. Swastikas and true racial and ethnic animosities and resentments are back and the coin of the realm at our colleges and universities and larger cities. Two American Navy SEALs missing or dead in the Gulf of Aden trying to prevent illegal arms shipments from Iran to proxy terrorists who are routinely firing missiles at U.S. ships. As the Wall Street Journal put it this morning, though the president stated he told Iran's leadership to cool it last week, Iran has not cooled it. It has not been deterred, not even by last week's U.S. salvos against Houthi arms caches and missile launchers. Perhaps that's because the U.S. warned the Houthis in advance of the strikes 
so that the militants could actually evacuate. The president has said nothing about the foregoing. He has said nothing about any of these incidents over the last week, including about a secretary of defense who can evidently just seemingly go missing for three days where nobody knew about it, not even his number two, and no one in the White House, not the president, not the head of the National Security Council, not the spokesman for the National Security Council, not the Secretary of State. Nobody knew that the Secretary of Defense was not around, and the person he designated the power to didn't know she had the power. No one was in charge at the Pentagon, including the president, evidently because our Department of Defense at the Pentagon is of so little interest or concern to this administration, it's irrelevant. That is the state of our nation today. That is the state of our nation right now. But with this soupçon of offense, the party that brings you all this tells you daily. The opposition to everything we just outlined is a threat to democracy or based in racism or all a lie. That is what they tell you. That is why they will not broadcast a victory speech by Donald Trump in Iowa. That is why they will tell you there is a cost to lies and paint the entire Republican Party as the party of lies and racism and a threat to democracy. But here's the question we must ask and the question we must answer at the same time. Is what I outlined true or false? Is it true or false? And how much longer can we go on if it is true? That's all. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We have uh, John Shattuck coming up. I think we have David Schweikert coming up and your calls. Be right back. Lovely. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. A listener to this show, a friend of mine, uh, just wrote back that we need to bring back the phrase, probably need to bring back the phrase, live not by lies. Old Solzhenitsyn, um, an old Solzhenitsyn uh, phrase. Um, And uh, that's right. And it's it's worth reading that um that that essay uh by Solzhenitsyn um because i was listening to prager i'll i'll tell you why prager said something dennis prager said something interesting elemental elementary perhaps but can't hear it enough as i suppose, suppose you just can't hear the truth enough i was driving in today and um he was talking about the faa and news about these airlines and their new commitment, renewed and bigger and bolder and louder commitments to DEI, particularly United, some of the stuff the head of United has been saying, United Airlines. And um, he said, you know, people always ask me what they can do about X story, about Y story, about a story like this. They always ask me what they can do. And he said, um, write to United. Write to United. Get online. Find contact information. Find the email for some of the C-suite executives or the customer service. Write to them. Sit down and write to them. He said that's how you can 
do something. He says, if you don't, and he says, and most people won't. Most people don't do something. Most people don't. If you don't, you have no right to complain. Well, what did you do about it? Well, I'm not at United. You could write him a letter. What letter would you write? Say, I will not fly your airline so long as your commitment is to anything above the safety of the passenger. So long as you are swallowing lies about race. By the way, while on that point, seeing these universities making new commitments to diversity hires and I saw ASU is posting a job at the Barrett Honors College where they're committed. They publicly say we're committed to hiring a member of the African-American community. This, this, this race and tripping – race in the sense of run, this, this, this run and this tripping over each other, whether it's in the corporate field or at the university levels – to overcome these purported claims of racist institutions, how long have these institutions like United Airlines and ASU been racist? How long has this been? What, what, what have I been missing about these places? Have, have, they, been, have they been engaged in, in, in racial practices? Lo, these many years I've been alive? What racism is it that they are trying to overcome? I, I, I ask that in all sincerity because I have never heard so much talk about, excuse me, no much, so much talk from these institutions about the inherent and internal racism within them. I've never heard so much. I have never heard. Is it that they have finally awoken to it and discovered it? I'd never heard anyone complain about it. How does it how does it come to be that we are more racist now all of a sudden than we were I don't know 10 years ago? How is it that you can have serious commentators on serious networks saying that the only explanation for Trump's victory in Iowa is because of white Christian nationalism. How is it that you can have serious commentators that can look at Republican positions on the issue of immigration and say the only reason they want to build a wall is to keep people that don't look like them out? How is it that they can get away with saying this about this party? Have they looked at who has tried to represent and has represented this party. When Tim Scott was running, or when, I'll pause on that, when Tim Scott was running, the things they said about him and to him was the racism, because they didn't want to see their narrative blown apart, that this not only is the party and was the party of African-American and civil rights, but it is so again as the Democratic Party is redounding back to its original intents as well in thinking that we are a nation that once again needs to be divided by race, and they don't see it. How is it we can have a country 
where a Joy Behar can lecture Condoleezza Rice on Joy Behar's show about what it means to be a minority in America and do so with a straight face. How, how is this possible? How is this possible we are speaking so much about race in the year 2024? I was, um, I was looking at that ASU advertisement where they're committed to hiring, specifically looking to hire at the Barrett Honors College, an African-American professor. That's what the ad says. It tells you what race you have to be to apply for that. What does that sound like to you? Just that common sentence, just a normal sentence. Well, we're telling you the race you have to be to apply for this job. Does that not bother anyone? Is this acceptable in 2024? We're going to tell you the race you have to be to get this job? Thurgood Marshall, in arguing Brown versus Board of Education in 1953, said distinctions by race are so evil, so arbitrary, and so invidious that a state bound to guarantee the equal protection of the laws must not invoke them in any public sphere. Can I say it again? Distinctions by race are so evil, so arbitrary, and so invidious that a state bound to guarantee the equal protection of the laws must not invoke them in any public sphere. You know what invidious means, right? It's a fancy word. It's a fancy kind of word that was used in discrimination law. It's something that divides resentment and bitterness, something that creates bitterness amongst people. That's what invidious is. Have we ever been more racially angry in your lifetime? I ask Everyone in earshot, have we ever been more racially angry? Has there ever been more invidiousness than in the last 10 years? After the election, twice of Barack Obama from the white Christian state of Iowa that MSNBC thinks cares only about protecting that race. Has there ever been more invidiousness? Who's causing it? Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. John Dombrowski brings us our culture and economy update. He is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. Great uh, place to reach out to him or to learn more about what Grand Canyon Planning may be to, able to do for you. How are you, John? Doing well, Seth. You know, a lot of that music sounds alike, but is is that the theme from Charlie's Angels? Nicely done, sir. Was Nicely it? done. Okay. Yes. We've been but on that, a, <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. What do you want to say? That error of, you know, uh, those uh, shows, uh, all, all the music sounds the same. <laughs> well, they were often written by a lot of the same people. Right. Mike Post did a lot of them, uh, a lot of the same musicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. And it's, it's kind of, I mean, it's just kind of fun. Alan Ferguson did a lot of them. Um, And I don't know. I just kind of miss some of those shows. Yeah. The 90s movies too. A lot of those 80s and 90s movies. Yeah. A lot of the music sounds the same. Yeah. 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 All the crime that all those 70s shows were about was fighting drugs, Hill Street Mm. Blues, all that stuff. It's a better time in a way. John, there was a, speaking of 70s and 80s, a hugely Mm -hmm. popular 
ad campaign on behalf of E.F. Hutton. Do you remember what it was? Remember what they oh, said? You got to be, shh, be know, quiet. That's right. right. When E.F. Hutton, Hutton, Hutton talks, speaks, people, people listen. listen. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. You could say the same about Jamie Dimon, I think. He's mm, the closest yeah. thing we have to something <laughs> to like <E>. that. Hutton. <laughs> right? Right? They used yeah, to say yeah, it about Alan Greenspan, but I don't, think, yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone can name the Federal Reserve Chair anymore. Mm. Jamie Dimon mm. is in Davos making some news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, met with uh, President Zelensky too. I guess. Uh, yeah, there. yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to hear what he has to say, and he has some things to say about the current election. Yeah, as well, yeah. Which which you know he's been a professed Democrat, mm-hmm. um, but he's he's concerned about you know what's going on right now with the current policies of this country and the current administration, and he's he's being a little vocal about it. He's he's subtle. Uh, in the way he's speaking about it, but you can certainly, you know, read what he's saying and also between the lines of what he's saying. And he's saying that we need to, you know, we need to have uh, better, better leadership at the top. And we need, and if, if, you know, former President Trump gets reelected again, there's a reason why. And, and, um, he's, he's basically outlining it. And, you know, it's interesting because he's probably one of the few people in America in corporate world and you know at that level master of the universe world who mm-hmm. doesn't suffer repercussions for speaking his mind on political issues i'm going to guess you know you True. wouldn't and, see and the lot, head of yeah. <laughs> you couldn't yeah. see the head of american airlines talk like that in other words uh no or right or any going right 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 <laughs> almost yeah yeah no you're right and uh some of these people are untouchable as it would would be yeah and he he is one of them and, and he, but you know he he's careful with what he says Oh, he's uh, careful. Yeah. He said he was yeah. kind of right. Trump was kind of right. I like that right. phrase. Kind of yeah. right. Kind yes. of right. Yeah. And yeah. he mentioned a couple of the policies, <laughs> yeah. the Trump policies, yeah. and, and that, you know, those those were good for the country. Yeah. And how do you argue with that? You know, so um, – and it is really something when you hear uh, what's being said on the other side of the aisle. And it's it's amazing that there's no common sense uh, with some of some of what we're hearing. And um, I think most people have common sense, and that's why you're seeing this, I'm not going to call it a revolution, but you're seeing the realism of of what happened in Iowa, as an example. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was saying earlier, you know, I think you have a year or two on me, and I was just saying, you know, I wasn't an adult in 1979, 1980, but I'm guessing that this feels very much like those nothing seems to be going well yeah and the incumbent in the white house just seems to be kind of unable to do anything about it unable or unwilling i'm not sure which but it feels probably like a lot of that year those two years felt and a lot including of with iran are, in the news again yeah <laughs> uh, and a lot of people surrounding the president the yeah. current president uh, don't seem to have the real ability to lead and to, um, you know, be able to get their message out there to the people who are actually on the ground doing the work. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just there's a lot of disarray in in the government right now, and we do need somebody to get in there who's going to be able to uh, put put us back on track. And that's going to take some time, even if uh, you know. Uh, President Trump does get it back reelected again. Is he going to be able to bring the turn the country around in 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 a four year period of time? Probably not. But at least we could start to get moved, you know, move that ship back and correct course again. Nice. And I think that is what uh, 
many people are, are believing, and uh, it's, it's, it's showing in the polls. There's no question about it. Thank you, John. You bet. And again, that's going to help, you know, the markets, yep. as we've seen in the past, too. And that's, you know, my business. So uh, we're looking for some real uh, ability for someone in the White House to be able to lead this country in the best direction it possibly can be. Securities and advisory services offered through Creative One Securities LLC, member of Fitment, and Investment Advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thank you, Seth. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, coming to you live from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio, which is brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. I thought I'd play you a little bit of Jamie Dimon here and just what he said. He's in Davos. I don't know if he's going to get a colder reception from the weather or from the rest of his uh, co-conferees in Davos. Here he is today. I... I think it's a mistake to assume that everything's hunky-dory. And, you know, and when stock markets are up, it's kind of like this little drug we all feel. Like, it's just great. You know? But remember, we've had so much fiscal and monetary stimulation, so I'm a little more on the cautious side, that we are facing a lot of things in, 20, in 24 or 25. And you, you mentioned Ukraine, the terrorist activity in Israel, the Red Sea, quantitative tightening, which I still question if we understand exactly how that works. I don't think we do. How QE actually worked. What the effect of negative, you know, zero race was for all this time, uh, and obviously the politics, and you know, and then the Ukrainian war is affecting oil, gas, food, migration. So you have all these very powerful forces that are going to be affecting us in 24 and 25. So if I was the government, I would be preparing for what I'm going to do about that, assuming things aren't good. And I just also want to point out, I I wish the Democrats would think a little more carefully when they talk about MAGA, you know, and you if you travel this country. You know, and the country's unbelievable. We took our bus trip this year, and Leslie Picker was on Spokane and Boise and Bozeman. People are growing. They're hungry to grow. They're innovating. It's, it's everywhere. It's not just Silicon Valley. So we've got this great hand. But when people say MAGA, they're actually looking at people voting for Trump, and they think they're voting, and they're basically scapegoating them, that you are like him. Uh, and, but I don't think they're voting for Trump because of his family values. Now, if you look, just take a step back, be honest. He's kind of right about NATO. Kind of right about immigration. Mm-hmm. He grew the economy quite well. Trade, China, China ta- virus. Tax reform worked. Mm-hmm. He was right about some of China. I don't. Th- I don't like no, what he did. No, I said China virus. Yeah, I understand. When he, when he, he may have been right. He, he, and I don't like how he said things about Mexico. I don't like. But he wasn't wrong about some of these critical issues. And that's why they're voting for him. That's why they're voting for him. It's not because of racism. Now that's maybe the most powerful private person in the economy, the head of J.P. Morgan Chase, Jamie Dimon. When you lose Democrats like that on the talking points that they're supposed to be giving all the time and reinforcing like a reticular loop and someone like that breaks out with the truth, one of two things is going to happen, either a sea change or he'll never be on NBC again. It's good to see you, Tim Andrews. Thank you for stopping by. I just want to say what a wonderful day you made this by bringing back Reuniti wine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We had uh, we had our office party today. Young David won because he got his Mexican food, and uh, in the spirit of the 1970s, it was what, what do you call it—a blind gift or an elephant gift or a, a white, white elephant gift, a white exchange. elephant, white elephant white gift elephant. exchange? And uh, we had a price limit; it had to be under a certain price. What Twenty-five was bucks. Twenty-five bucks, and um, so I decided to go a little retro. I couldn't find any Lancers. 
in the brown bottle. <laughs> Good Portugal wine lancers. I couldn't find any of that, so I got some Reuniti. 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 Reuniti because it feels so good. Right. <laughs> Reuniti on ice. That's nice. We love the 70s around here. We do. Because we do. they turned into the 80s. That's why we love smile. them. You made me smile. You made me smile. You didn't end up with the Reuniti, did you? Who did? Who ended up with it? Uh, Sue. Good. Good. I think I ended up with her gift. <laughs> Which was what? A sales book. It was a sales book. A book on sales. Oh, yeah. Sandler Selling Method. Yeah. Teach a kid to ride a bike. You'll be a pro within 24 hours. Maybe I can work in your department. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) What did you get as your gift walking away? Um, I got a $25 gift card to Amazon. Oh, that's great. Nothing like cold, hard cash. It it just makes you smile. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. It's good to see you, man. You as well. I just wanted to say hello and oh. keep doing what you do. Thank you, brother. You too. All right. Thanks for keeping the lights on. Were you needy on ice? That's nice. Yeah. I, I thought they did a Reuniti and It Feels So Good campaign based on the Peaches and Herbs song. I swore I could remember that, but I think I think the suits upstairs said I'm, I'm misremembering that. Uh, anyway. If you're remembering it, that's... Uh, Ancient history to me. <laughs> you weren't born. Huh? I was not yet. Okay. I don't recall. What happened to Rick? Rick was on hold. I was oh. about to go to Rick. That's okay. Um, he's probably call back. Yeah. Let me uh, let me tell you that they're making no bones about this. <laughs> I was talking to Ann Atkinson posted this on 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 uh, on Twix. Barrett steps taken today in our areas of commitment. Talking about the Barrett Honors College at ASU. Commitment Area 1. They have commitment areas. Commitment Area 1. The hiring of a black faculty member for Barrett as one of ASU's top priorities. That's one of ASU's top priorities. They say it on their website. The hiring of a black faculty member. One of the things you have to take a step back, <laughs> saying to Ann, this thing, she, you, Commitment Area 1, increase. Uh, recruiting of black faculty is that commitment area two increase recruiting and admission of black first year and transfer students commitment area three just the language mr bill just the language that that we all kind of buy into in university think or university speak commitment area how about just commitment what what is a commitment area it sounds like actually an incarceration thing like in a in a in a in yeah it it sounds almost like a, an imprisonment kind of thing or or perhaps an involuntary commitment thing well we separate the incarcerated populations there's commitment area 1 there's commitment area 2 commitment area 3 is those with mental diagnoses commitment areas and you know maybe 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 we should start thinking about these institutions of higher education, Mon K, as places of commitment. Yes, Mr. Bill, that got yeah, you in the studio. Hello, Bill. I love that commitment area. We we should try it on, see how it fits. Something like, well, we had David is unwell. We had to put him in the yeah? commitment area. Yeah, it sounds very <laughs> Maoist. Yeah. Yeah. David's unwell. He's in commitment area one. Those of you that are not on board with DEI, you're kind of commitment area two. You can move up and down. You can move through the commitment areas. Right. But it's all based on race. That's the thing. It's all based on race. 
And I, I got to tell you, for a university, for a, an institution with a commitment to pursuits intellectual, to bring back this notion that race determines thought or race determines ideology or race determines anything in the furniture of the mind, it's a pretty ugly legacy. They're, it's a pretty ugly legacy that they're repeating and foisting on us. It's pretty ugly. And I go back and I really do think about that line of Thurgood Marshall's in Brown versus Board of Education. Distinctions by race are so evil, so arbitrary, and so invidious that a state bound to guarantee the equal protection of the laws must not invoke them in any public sphere. What do you think he'd say about an institution that said that their top priority is the hiring of a faculty member based on their race? Boy, what a backward distance we've traveled. Portions of this show brought to you by our friends at Y-Refi. They have a secure investment that actually helps people and you. You can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, and it's not tied to the Federal Reserve or the stock market. It's an investment where you are in control. You can turn your income on or off. You can compound it. There are absolutely no fees. There's no attack on principle if you ever need your money back. You get your monthly statement with no surprises and this secure collateralized portfolio from Y-Refi. You can learn more about them by going to investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com. You can call them, 888-Y-Refi-24, or you can literally go to them. Their offices are on Chauncey Lane in North Phoenix. They love visitors. They won't ask you to sign anything. You won't get a sales pitch and um, they, because they leave that stuff up to me, but um, um, it's 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 uh, we're just so delighted with their sponsorship. It's such a great company. I um I I wanted to say something about that song because it invokes that Brown versus Board of Education. Is that why you played it, Young David, or did it come Actually, up? Actually, that was entirely random. Was it really? Yeah, it was written about the Brown versus Board of Education Age decision. Is white, the child is black. The child is white. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was originally the original song. I think Pete Seeger was the first to record it. Uh, most people know it from Three Dog Night, right? And that one was the Seekers, or no? What we just heard, I think, was was Sunny and Cher. Sunny and Cher. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was originally written. Um, to commemorate the Brown versus Board of Education song. The lyrics were, their robes were black, their heads were white, the schoolhouse doors were closed so tight, nine judges all set down their names to end the years and years of shame. Um, and it was written, of course, by Alan Arkin's dad, um, Adam Arkin's grandfather. Um, what's interesting about that is I think we still teach... Brown versus Board of Education as a landmark decision here in desegregation. I don't think people understand that point of it, though. We teach the form, but not the substance. The form is that it was landmark. The substance was no more segregation and discrimination, saying we're going to hire a professor based on their race. Yeah, you hope ASU understands. You would hope at an honors college.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.